Hey everybody, welcome back to Under the Scope, where we review music, discuss albums, and anything of the sort. Uh, today we are doing a list, because uh, Patrick and I are suckers for lists. Um, uh, so yeah, that's Patrick Anderson on the other side of the phone. Yo, yo. Yo, yo, yo. And this is your host, Will Brose. Uh Admittedly, I'm a little under the weather, so if I sound sick, then that's, you know, deal with it. Under the scope is under the weather today. Oh, we're welcome to the Under the Weather podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we review music <laughs> and the weather, apparently. Okay, so uh, this list we're doing—we're a sucker for lists, but we're also a sucker for album intros or opening tracks. Um, and we were just kind of thinking, well, why not share some of our favorite album intros? So what we're gonna do is. Um, you know, not necessarily the all-time best intros, but just sort of our 10 personal favorite intros uh, with some honorable mentions thrown in. But before we get to that, we have some big news regarding the expansion of our uh, our brand, if you will. Patrick, you want to elaborate? I'll elaborate on that. We got big stuff coming. Woo! Got your social media starting next week, probably around the beginning of the week for those of you that are listening to this. And you'll see that we are starting a blog. Woo! Under the scope goes to WordPress. So we'll be starting a blog. It'll be uh, me and Will posting individually, either on the same posts or as individual posts about... uh, We'll do a couple reviews. This next week we'll have a review for you. I'm not going to tell you which one it is. Uh Uh-oh, suspense. Yeah, you got to check out the blog. (laughs) can't just tell them what it is. That's right. Uh, so we're going to have a review of an album, and we're going to have a few more of those coming up on the, some of the albums that me and you like to listen to, and right. but we don't necessarily want to spend an hour talking about um, on a podcast. We'll be just sharing our opinions that way. And then all sorts of other just music-related news and you know things to talk about. We'll, we'll end up putting on that blog so it'll be it'll be really extensive you know it'll take a little while to get off the ground here but we're gonna have something for you next week so check it out thanks for listening to us and keep reading what we start putting up nice and yeah essentially it's gonna be uh the blog is gonna contain material that either we we think doesn't deserve a podcast or perhaps the the content works better in a written format because a discussion-based podcast is a different art if you will than a written blog it's two different ways of thinking and communicating yeah and we have separate interests too like yeah right so some of the things that i want to just talk about on that might not be something that i talk to you about for an hour right on a podcast right so it should be a fun way to to branch out a little bit i think it could be a lot of fun i love writing you love writing and uh yeah we're gonna at the very least, we're going to have a lot of fun with it, so stay tuned. Um, but yeah, back to these uh, intros or album openers. So really, the only criteria for the list is, are you the first track on an album? And that's pretty much it. And yep. so we're going to start with some honorable mentions. Uh, we have five honorable mentions each. Oh, and uh, I don't think I've mentioned yet, but afterwards, we will be making uh, playlists on Spotify and Apple Music uh, so you can listen to our suggestions and uh, tell us why we were right, or most likely tell us why we fucked up. <laughs> so these, uh, I guess I'll... 
Uh, all right, so I'll start with um, my honorable mentions, and they are honorable mentions and not honorable uh, dissertations, so I'll keep this pretty short. Um, so starting at number 15 and going to number 11, uh, my number 15, the group is Animal Collective, the album is Strawberry Jam, and the song is Peace Bone. Okay. Uh, so it's a really odd song to even kick the list off. Uh, it's got this glitchy, chaotic 30-second intro uh, that eventually settles into this catchy, experimental groove, if you will. Uh, there's strange rhythms in this thing. It's very unique, and the bridge of the song is actually legitimately creepy. Um, it can be a hard sell for people who aren't into experimental music, but if you are, I highly recommend this. I find it pretty addicting, uh, and at the very least, interesting. Uh, number 14, I have uh, Wouldn't It Be Nice from Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys. I mean, what can I say about this song that nobody else has said? Uh, it's classic. It's got this great melody to it. It's got the traditional Beach Boys harmonies, uh, and it's just a great opening to one of the best albums of all time. Uh, number 13, Radiohead finally makes the list. Um, everything in its right place from Kid A. Oh, man. Yeah, okay. yeah didn't make the top 10. Um, I, I thought really hard about it. I, I expected it to, but it just it didn't. Uh, but as I stated in our OK Computer versus Kid A discussion podcast, check that out, I think that OK Computer is the best Radiohead album. But that said, I think Kid A is their best intro. Uh, it's just this very serene and wonderfully produced uh, electronic track, I guess. I mean, it, it's a little hard to pin down, but definitely worth a listen. Uh, number 12, another sort of odd song. Uh, Dirty Projectors are the artist. The album is Bitta Orca. Uh, the song is Cannibal Resource. The, the creativity on this song is unbelievable. It's got these funky drum patterns and odd time signatures. Uh, the two females of the group have these stellar harmonies that are somewhat dissonant, but also very melodic. Um, unconventional melodies, structures that are off-kilter, interesting guitar tones. It's indie pop at its craziest, um, but yet not too left field to alienate people. I, I, I mean, at the very least, I think it's worth a listen. I think it's very accessible. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and number 11, my final song that just missed the cut. Uh, you might be disappointed that this one missed the cut. Uh, the untitled intro from Interpol's Turn On The Bright Lights. Okay, okay. So it's got this, I mean, it's mostly, for the most part, a groov, uh, groovy uh, instrumental. It's a really short, like, two-minute song, I think. Um, yeah. But what I like about this intro is that it feels like a welcome mat that introduces you to the rest of the album. Like, it sets the, the tone of what you're going to expect on the next ten or so tracks. Um, and just my favorite part of the song uh, is uh, when the drum and bass kick in. I think it's just, it, it's a really uh, funky, moving moment. I think it's pretty nice. Uh, so, yeah, that's my five honorable mentions. Nice, nice. Mine are unranked. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Forgot about that. Um, I mean, it's fine. These are honorable mentions, so they're really not in any particular order. Man, I completely forgot about Wouldn't It Be Nice. Yeah, yeah right? Yeah. What a, what a great intro song. That song is so good. <laughs> um, okay, well, I'll start mine off. Um, I'm less surprised about the untitled than you might think because... Oh, okay. That actually in my honorable mention. 
it floated in and out of my top 10 list as I was making it mm-hmm. at about number 9 and 10 for a little while. Um, but I love that track. I think it's one of the, it's, it's, it's an amazing intro track, but I think the reason why I ended up putting it in my honorable mentions is because, um, it's, I don't know. It's so like specific, like for the time period when I listened to it. Gotcha. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's a great introduction track and everything. But it also sounds very similar to the rest of the album um, Good point. itself. And it's, it, I don't know, it was a hard one to not put in there. Probably the hardest one to not put in there that I have on this list. Because you know how much I love that track. Exactly, yeah. I expected um, it to make your top ten. But. Yeah, but as an intro track, I think that they're just the ones that I, it's just the ones that I have on here Jared, are just that much stronger. I think right as intro tracks or just that much more, uh, striking. You know what I'm saying? Untitled is great, but I, you know, it's great whenever I hear it, you know, okay, sure. that's the kind of thing. Like it, 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 I always forget about it and then I hear it. I'm like, Oh wow, that's a great track. You right. know what I'm saying? It's that kind of thing. So, but like you said, same description you gave. Um, I have an Animal Collective as well, different uh-huh. album, Meriwether Post Pavilion. Nice. Uh, in the Flowers, as an honorable mention. Uh, uh, great, just dynamic track. You hear this big break in the middle of it, or, or at the towards the end of it, actually. Uh, it's kind of just lilting and, and psychedelic beforehand, and then you get this all of a sudden massive rush mm. of drums and high synth and just like fast-paced rhythms, and really beautiful on that song, too. Um, that's one of the more striking uh, intros on this honorable mention list. Mm. Uh, if I was going to rank it, that would probably be the closest one to the top. Okay. Uh, Another one, though, uh, is Bridge Over Troubled Water. Nice. Simon and Garfunkel's Bridge Over Troubled Water. I love this track. Um, it's just gorgeous. I mean, it's just a hymn, beautiful songwriting. Art Garfunkel sounds like an angel on it. <laughs> it's a beautiful, beautiful traditional track. Like, it, it's kind of, this is my wouldn't it be nice of this list. Yeah, right, right. The pre-1970s uh, song. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but didn't make my top ten just because of, uh, I don't have as much of a connection with the rest of the album as I do with the the ones on here. That was kind of a criteria I held, too. Is how it, how it, uh, how the album as a whole sort of yeah, connected my, to you? Because how I think about intros, intros always remind me of the albums as whole and, you know, I don't know. It was part of it. It wasn't the entirety of it. So, But that was one of them. Uh, Suburbs by Arcade Fire is another one. Uh, it's a great track. It's you just you know feeling a good feel for what the entire rest of the album is going to be like. It's really poppy, and um, there's a lot of piano and just melodic vocals that happen in it. Good production on that, too. I'm shocked. I expected that to make the list I, as a lock. Well, I actually that's not one of my favorite songs on that album either. Oh, okay. I like I like that song a lot, but it's it's honestly not one of my favorite intros or anything. It's my one of it's my favorite Arcade Fire album, but right, you know. right. Okay, uh, yeah. I was just curious. 
Yeah. You'll see. Um, <laughs> and then Wesley's Theory by Kendrick Lamar. Wow. It, uh, all my honorable mentions. I mean, um, that floated in and out of my list a bit, too. Um, but uh, that track is just really striking, like a, like a couple more of these. Um, comes in with these really eerie kind of vocals and beat, mm. you know. Um, just a really nice tone setter for the rest of the album. And, uh, yeah, I mean, just an overall great intro track. So, all right. So, all these honorable mentions I really like a lot. And I might end up regretting not putting them on my list, but right now this is how I have it. So. And, and that's the other thing is there's so many good intros that we're bound to leave a ton of great intros off. Yeah, these this is just a, a great intros list. We're we we I'm I'm a hundred percent sure we missed something. Oh, we totally fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're discrediting ourselves already. We don't Stop know what yeah. you don't want to hear. <laughs> we don't know where we messed up, but I'm sure we did. I'm oh. sure you're going to list your number two, and I'm just going to be like, oh, my God, how did I forget that song? Oh, I highly doubt you forgot my number two. But anyway. <laughs> so all the, yeah, all the album openers in history, and we decided, oh, let's pick 15 to talk about. It's a, <laughs> it's a tough decision. Yeah. Um, so that said, let's go to the actual list. Ooh, okay. Let's all right. do it. Yeah. All right. My number 10. Let's start off with some 90s East Coast hip-hop, shall we? Uh-oh. Number 10. The song is You Know My Steez. I don't think I should... Yeah, that was the widest way to say that title. <laughs> <laughs> the album is Moment of Truth. The group is Gangstar. Now, Gangstar uh, is a duo consisting of the late great Guru on the microphone and DJ Premier on the Wheels of Steel. Uh, it's very traditional hip-hop, uh, but it's executed to near perfection, so it was impossible for me to leave this off. Uh, it's got this typical Premier hook, which is laced with a bunch of rap vocal samples. Um... Guru's monotone rap delivery is just a perfect match with, you know, Primo's boom bap signature sound. Uh, and I, this particular song, I think, uh, contains one of my favorite, like, more mellow beats in DJ Premier's catalog, uh, as well as some of my favorite lyrics that Guru has ever rapped on a track. Um, a notable line I always, you know, it's always stuck in my head, uh, Dropping lyrics that be hotter than sex and candle wax and one-dimensional MCs can't handle that. And that Ooh. line has been sampled how, how many times in hip-hop history because of that. Um, but yeah, Guru is consistent uh, on this track. He absolutely demolishes the last verse, and it pretty much just ends with the mic drop. Uh, I think it's, it's not reinventing the wheel or anything, but as far as traditional 90s East Coast hip-hop goes, it is damn near perfect so it had to be on my list nice yeah i haven't even heard that song so this will be good to listen hey, to hey there you go yeah um okay well my number 10 is of an oldie and a goodie to me don't panic by coldplay okay uh what's the album oh parachutes um very first coldplay album very first song obviously mm. and it's just, it's a short song, about two two minutes, twelve seconds, I believe, is what it is. A lot of references to Hitchhiker's Guide uh, to the Galaxy on that on this song, which I think is really cool. Mm. Um, it's I'm a big early Coldplay fan, as Will knows. Oh yes, <laughs> and 
this is probably my favorite song, or at least top two or three keeps flip-flopping in there, uh, from them. It's got some of the, it's got probably the most beautiful production and guitar work that they've ever done, I think, on this, uh, Everything is just. It sounds very radio, early radio heady, but okay. In a in a you know in a much more poppy and just like kind of beautiful shimmery kind of Coldplay way. Um, but it's melancholy and 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 just it's meaningful to me. Um, so you know it, it it it's got the the main lyric that goes into the chorus is we live in a beautiful world. Which is really simple. Sure. I think that it stands the test of time. And, uh, and you know, I think that it's just one of the best songs that they've ever written. And every time I hear it uh, either come up on my shuffle, it, every time I hear it come up on my shuffle just as a regular track, I love it. But anytime I decide I want to listen to Parachutes as in its entirety as an album, and this track comes on, it's 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 just great. It, it gets you prepared for the rest of the album perfectly, gives you the tone, and, and it just gets you excited to listen to the whole album. Um, and that album as a whole isn't absolutely incredible. But, you know, without an intro track like this, I think that, you know, it wouldn't it, it wouldn't have gotten most of the attention that it did. So great track. Nice. One of my one of my personal favorites you know right um and but it's also not you know absolutely you know musically speaking it's not absolutely earth-shaking like what you said about that gang star trek right so you know it's it's at my number 10 this is that's my nostalgia pick basically okay and yeah that's a good point this is our favorites you know we're not saying that you yeah know, yeah that cold play is better than beach boys or whatever this is our favorite. What do you mean, man? Dude! <laughs> um, but that's a song I have to check out. So we haven't listened to each other's number 10s yet. Um, but uh, uh, you said something about setting the tone for the rest of the project. Um, and that's what my number nine song does so well. Uh, the song is Like Eating Glass. Uh, the artist is Block Party and the album is Silent Alarm. Now, this is the only Block Party album that matters. Don't listen to anything else they've ever done because... That is, that's a good caveat. <laughs> yeah, I just want to... So if you like this song and you think, oh, I'm going to go check out some Block Party, just stick with this album. Trust me. I got suckered into it. Don't do it. Silent Alarm. Stick with that. But this intro track, and much like other Block Party songs, the, the real stars of the show here are the drummer and uh, Kayleigh's uh, vocals. Um, the drums on this track, holy cow. Uh, it's this fast-paced, tricky drum pattern that I imagine would be really fun to play if, you know, I actually knew how to play instruments. Um, and the guitar riff is very early to mid-2000s indie rock, so think Interpol, Strokes, you know, or uh, Hives, anything like that, uh, Killers, where it's just kind of these chords repeatedly strummed. Um... But it sounds great over the instrumentation, as does Kayleigh's uh, British accent. Um, and there's, you know, there's decent harmonies that kick in during the second verse. Um, and these guitar patterns that kick in toward the outro. 
But it's just a really fun and kind of cold uh, indie rock track. Uh, I can't imagine anyone... Very reflective of the album cover. Yes, yeah. So the album cover is just a, a like a plane or something. Not like yeah. an airplane, but like a plane meadow or whatever. Uh, that's just covered in snow, and it's got this dreary winter background. Um, but the music itself, it, so it has that cold aesthetic while also being energetic and upbeat. It, it's this weird dichotomy, but Black Party pulls it off consistently throughout the album, and I think especially so on Like Eating Glass. So yeah, so not a lot to say about that song. I mean, everything uh, that's enjoyable about it is pretty surface level and immediate. Yeah. Good choice. I like that. Um, my number nine, uh, you could argue very much, does not set a tone for the hmm. for the rest of the album. Um, it's uh, Ultra Light Beam. Ah, Kanye al- album is uh, Life of Pablo. Um, but and and I wouldn't say it like sets a tone for the rest of the album or anything because it's so gospely, mm. and uh, the 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 two tracks after it are fairly reflective of it. Uh, you could say, and then you know a, a bit more, but you know the album as a whole we've talked about it is very juxtaposed and stuff. But the 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 thing that gets me about this is like just how like striking it is, mm. you know. It's just like the moment. It's one of those few tracks that the moment that it came on, um, you know, like I I knew that I was going to enjoy the project, you know, all the way through. Um, it's it's a rare case of just the. I don't know, the gravitas of the sound and I don't know, just everything about it just makes it makes it to where you I, I, I just can't it, it gives me chills you know like anytime I hear it um, and especially in context with this is the beginning of the album hmm. um, so um, it, 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 it's just one of those things that like you hear it and you're, and and immediately like, this is how the album starts. And to me, it's the best song on life of Pablo. Uh, maybe actually now maybe St. Pablo, oh, uh, right. which is the closer track. But the, I mean, it's the, the fact that it starts out on such a high point, um, is just amazing to me. And Kanye's great at intros anyway. Right. Uh, but this one is just absolutely fantastic. It's got, I didn't even describe the track. I've just been talking about why I like it so much. Uh, it's, it's very, it's, it's pretty minimal. There's a, a it's very gospely, but the beat as a whole is very minimal. There's just a little drum kick that happens here and there um, throughout the track. And, but, and, and, and this elongated synth sound that just kind of comes in and out. Um, and then at the very end, um, uh, you have a spoken word gospel, and it's just, you know, it's uplifting. It's 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 passionate. Um, there's very much a lot of Kanye influence put into it. You can tell because it, you know, and um, and Chance the Rapper delivers one of the best verses. Absolutely, uh, 
Kanye, one of the best guest verses Kanye's ever had, on, I think, on it. Um, so just a really big, grand, chilling, striking kind of track. And um, for that reason, I just, you know, I just can't get over how, 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 how much it makes me feel. So I had to go on my list at number nine. Um, but it wasn't quite enough. You know, I think it might be the fact that it's so new for me. Right. This did come uh, out in like, February. I was like, man, I can't put it, you know, this high because blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, so so it ends up at number nine for mainly those kind of reasons. But, you know, and, and the tracks I have above these two are like, man, I mean, we'll get to them. So, But that's my, that's, that's my number nine. Great track. Uh, yeah. How do you feel about that track, by the way? Because I know you didn't care for Life of Pablo as much as I did. Well, I will say it's one of the top five songs on that album. Uh, it's not my favorite from the album. Okay. Uh, and, I, you know, I love the Chance verse. You know, it's great. He does a... He, you know Chance's style. He makes it really personal and melodic. Uh, and I love that. I love... Uh, I think my favorite moment is when that, that choir kicks in. At the end, yeah. Well, and even, like, uh, toward the beginning, too, that part. Uh, okay, yeah. Yeah, so where that... Those background choir vocals kick in. Exactly. Yeah. But I think... The parts where it's just Kanye, it's not awful, but it it's it doesn't make for the greatest song on the album or anything like that. Okay. Yeah. So like the first minute or whatever, uh, where Kanye's just kind of doing that the the sing songy, um, yeah, the verse it, that that turned me off a little bit. But overall, I, pretty good song. It's the feel of this track mainly for me mm. that makes it so undeniably good for me. It's just you know. Um, but yeah, I could understand that. That's a, the reason why it's a number nine. It's not, you know. Yeah, I mean, it is a good praise for a song that came out in February. So that's great. Um, yeah. Number eight. Uh, this group just released their first album in 16 years. Uh-oh, I like this. Yeah, so uh, I'm going with the Avalanches. The album is Since I Left You, and the song is of the same name. Um Jeez, I think I think Avalanche has peaked as a group with their first song on their first studio album. Uh, and for those who don't know, the Avalanches are this electronic Australian uh, plunderphonics group. So what that means is they they take a lot of samples and incorporate them in their music to the point where their music is essentially entirely all consisted of samples. Uh, they take these samples from hip hop, jazz. Uh, funk, psychedelic, soul, really anything you can think of. And they all mix it together in this melting pot, and the result is just something magical, especially on this track. Um, it's got this blissful sound to it. Um, I think my, uh, my favorite aspect of the album is, or th not the album, but this particular song, is the main lyric sampled, uh, which in the Avalanche's song is, since I left you, I found the world so new. Yeah. Well, I did some research on that sample. It's taken from this song every day by the main attraction. And it doesn't sound anything like uh, how it's used in the Avalanche's song, first of all. And second of all, the original lyric is, since I met you. But the way the Avalanche's tweak it... Oh, wow. It, yeah. I love so, that kind of stuff. Yeah, so the way they tweak it, it sounds like, since I left you. and Which, yeah, I mean, you wouldn't even think unless you either knew the song or dug a little deeper, but I think that's brilliant. Um, 
the, yeah, I love that kind of stuff. Kanye does that kind of thing with his sampling. Yeah, too. he did it on a uh, the Thirty Hours. You know where the lions go. Um, yeah, yeah. So same kind of thing. I think that's really neat. I, I'm really interested in like the the brilliance behind a uh, sampling. Um, the the first vocal sample you hear on this song, however, is just this spoken. You know, no pitch or anything. I don't know what it's taken from. But all it says is, get a drink, have a good time now, welcome to paradise. And that's the feeling you get from track one to track 20-whatever on this album. It is just fun. It's uh, upbeat. It's very catchy and accessible. Um, Other notable samples on this song, they have a, a bunch of strings and what I believe to be a flute and just this funky rhythm throughout. And it just amazes me that they're able to take all of these influences throw them into one song, and somehow it works. Uh, so shout out to the Avalanches. Well done. That's my number eight. Then good choice. I like that. Also, uh, low-key, some, some of my favorite album artwork. Yeah, yeah. That album. I love that album artwork. I think it's so cool. Yeah, just go check out that album if you're listening and you haven't yet, because it's an electronic, <laughs> modern classic, I would say. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, my number eight is... Um, Kind of an old old school throwback too. Uh, Teenage Riot. Nice. By, well done. Yeah, by Sonic Youth and on the album Daydream Nation. Um, I I love Teenage Riot. It's the best track again for me on Daydream Nation. I think for most people, I agree. I would agree. It's the it's the standout single from Daydream Nation too. But it's fantastic. It. It fully encapsulates the whole movement that was going on in the rock world around this point in music, uh, with like the post grunge kind of mm. punky, you know, lyrical and sad, subdued music, and you know, just very energetic, but at the same time very introverted and and uh, and and just low key, and it's it's just it's easy to listen to. Uh, but it's also just like the, the the interesting thing about that kind of music was just how how much integrity it really had. Mm. You know, there there was a lot of bad stuff that came out from there were a lot of like hard to listen to stuff that came out from this kind of er, era of music because of that reason. But the oh fuck you guys, I'm just gonna play what I want to play stuff. Uh. Um, but this just I mean, hits the nail on the head and um, the way it opens up for the rest of the album is is absolutely perfect. It gives you the perfect tone for the rest of the album. Great lyrics that go through this all about um, you know just kind of making tongue-in-cheek lyrics at, at certain points and then making fun of society and the way that people talk to each other and how fake people are and a lot of angst that throw is thrown around in here and um the long track too it's It's like seven minutes or so yeah 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 it's right around the eight minute mark um but it's a it's a great track it's it's got a lot of um man the chorus is in this too the sing song songy way that they sing the chorus everybody's talking about the stormy weather and what's a man to do but work out whether it's true just really simple and 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 meaningful lyrics and 
great guitar work that's thrown around throughout this. And it's just a really uh, energetic and 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 just a. Uh, I don't, I, it's just different. It's just a different yes. kind of 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 track, and it, it's really reminiscent of this earlier time in music that, uh, I mean, people have probably already forgotten about. You sure. Know? Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, and I'm 80s, a sucker. Yeah. I'm a I'm a sucker for these kind of uh, this style of music. Uh, you know, the the kind of post hard rock grunge phase or whatever. Sure. It is uh, late '90s, early 2000s, but this is '80s actually. Yeah, it's a yeah, like '88, um, I think. Yeah, this Something is like this is '88, but it's it's pretty you know far ahead of its time also. Um, and yeah, so I'm a sucker for these kind of this kind of music, and I and and I just think that it's a really it, it, this one is just a really meaningful and and you know great track for the time period it came out in so sure yeah uh undeniably a great intro yeah um, great album too by the way um, yeah pitchfork 10 by the way that's right yeah considered one of the best albums of the 80s by <laughs> you know most publications yeah um my number seven we're doing some more relatively obscure new york hip-hop so uh hang on uh okay. the group is cannibal ox the album is the cold vein and the song is Iron Galaxy. Um, so Cannibal Ox, uh, at the time, you know, they released their second album uh, last year, and it was pretty subpar. But their first album in 2001 is a certifiable underground hip-hop classic. Uh, they're an underground hip-hop duo from Harlem, uh, consisting of Vast Air and Vortal Mega. And the production on this project is entirely handled by LP of Run the Jewels. Um, and LP's production on this song and the album uh, is much like the rest of LP's uh, late 90s, early 2000s production. It's cold, spacey, eerie, dark, moody. Um, and this song, much like number nine on my list, uh, has a natural winter aesthetic to it. Um, and really, the, the, the main point of this song uh, is discussing how the Big Apple is rotten at its core. Uh, so Vortal Mega's verse has these complicated, multi-syllable rhyme schemes, but Vast Air, to me, steals the show on this. Uh, it's one of my favorite verses of all time. Uh, he has a lot of imagery and scene-setting lyrics here, a lot of wordplay, and the ultimate goal of his verse, again, is just to kind of describe how messed up New York and specifically Harlem is. Um, but the intro to his verse is a standout, and it goes... Something like this. Um, <laughs> and if there's crack in a basement, crackhead stand adjacent, anger displacement from food stamp arrangements, you were a stillborn baby. Mother didn't want you, but you were stillborn. Boy, oh. meets, boy meets world, of course, his pops is gone. So it's just a, a big summary of everything that could go That's wrong. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's a shame they never recaptured that magic on a later album or anything, but... It's again, it's cold. It's got this, I guess the aesthetic is similar to like Jizz's Liquid Swords or any of the other kind of darker Wu Tang uh, albums of that time period. So, yeah, I think check it out if you're into lyricism or if you're into just eerie and grimy production. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the rapping on here is undeniable. And I've been a big fan of this song for about a decade now. It helped get me into underground hip-hop, so 
it's pretty subjective, but I think looking at it from an objective lens, or as best as I can, I think it's a pretty standout track. Okay, all right. So yeah, that's my number seven. I haven't. I know that you like Cannibal Ox. I haven't actually listened to that album yet either. Um, besides the stuff that I think that you've played for me, probably yeah. I'm pretty uh, hesitant to show it because it's not everybody's cup of tea. But again, think Wu Tang, Jizza uh, as a solo artist, that kind of aesthetic and uh, atmosphere. Okay. Okay. I gotcha. Nice. All right. Well, uh, my number seven is. Um, one More Time by Daft Punk. I was considering it. And from the album Discovery, yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure that most everybody knows what this track is. Because mm-hmm. it was like the song of 2000, wasn't it? Pre- I mean, you couldn't go anywhere without hearing it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that it was... I th- I'm pretty sure that it got ranked as like Rolling Stone's number one song of 2000. Um, but, I mean, if you haven't heard it, which some people may not have because people don't listen to Daft Punk sometimes. <laughs> uh, it's just a fantastic dance track. It's probably it's arguably like the best dance track of the 2000 era. Mm. Um, Daft Punk are just absolutely at their peak on this album, and um, it's such a fun and just uplifting, uh, energetic track. And the vocal samples are still just so great. For the time, they were just really cool and kind of futuristic. And now they're really cool, but they're nostalgic almost. Because um, they're, they're a little bit outdated the way that their vocal, sure. the, their vocal techniques are now with those tube things that they use. But, oh man, I just, I love, I love One More Time. Every time I hear it, it's just... It's it's still so good, and in context with the rest of the album, like I've been doing with all these other tracks, hmm. in context with setting up for the album, um, Discovery is a really interesting album for the way that it's set up in cohesion, because every track flows into the next one so well. Uh, but one more time is one of the standout tracks because of how fast and energetic and just uh, cool it sets off the 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 whole album um it just it it gets you super excited to listen to the rest of the project and it's 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 just it's just great i mean it yeah it's it's very immediate i know an earworm yeah uh, and it's definitely a radio hit a hundred percent it's a radio hit um but it's one of those tracks that is undeniably a great, great track, which I am also another sucker for. Those kind of massive uh, blockbuster-style tracks that are also undeniably great. Mm. Um, I, I love those kind of things. And anytime I hear one more time, it's just it brings back good memories, it, and, it, and, it, and it, the feeling of it is great. Um, and then, like I said, the way that it sets up for the rest of the album as a whole, I think is just absolutely perfect. Um, so yeah, it, it takes a lot to bridge that gap between like mainstream appeal and while still getting the credit from like, I think that that is so impressive. Yeah. They nail it with that. Yeah. Daft Punk, Daft Punk have been able to do that for a very long time. Um, get lucky is the same way. 
Yeah, song. everybody likes that song, regardless. Yeah, I of like it a lot. It's a great song. It got old. It, old, old, <laughs> it, got, it got older faster, I think, than One More Time did for me. Totally. But, um, yeah, One More Time. Um, I didn't even describe the track. It's dancey. I mean, every, I think that everybody knows how it sounds. One more time. It sounds like that. It's just so good. It's just so catchy and good. It's it's undeniably immediate. It's, Those synths and stuff in there. Oh man, the sounds and the drum patterns that they use are so cool. It's so French. It's just. <laughs> That's yeah. Great. No, so you're right. Really, really great uh, intro track. Go Daft Punk. Love you still. <laughs> so going from what? Choice Awards 2000. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> That's where they might know it. Uh, going from one popular song to another, this one might be the most popular song on my list, maybe. Uh, number six, Dog Days Are Over. Oh. Fl- yep. Florence oh. and the Machine. The album is Lungs. So I love, I think I'm in love with Florence Welch. I think. I'm not sure. But her powerful vocals on this track just bring this energy that unfortunately doesn't come across uh, on the rest of the album to me personally. I think Dog Days Are Over is the clear standout from Lungs. Um, But it's got this harp in the background the entire time. And so at the beginning, you think it's just this sweet, harpy, uh, I guess kind of like a ballad, I guess. Um, But once the drums and the claps yeah. kick in the i mean just the best claps in the world i mean it could get anybody to clap it's anthemic uh it's perfect for like a festival or a concert setting um and you'll be screaming the vocals once you hear this song like three times and you will listen to this song three times like in a row because it's that catchy it's that memorable um yeah florence thank you for this what song track what's that what a festival track. It is. It really, it, well, I saw it at a festival, not to plug too much, but I mean, she just, she's amazing live. She's an amazing performer, and her voice is one of my favorite voices of the past, you know, 10 years or so. I just love hearing, I could hear her sing over anything, but especially uh, a harp based track with clap drums. So, yeah, I mean, not too much, you know, deep. <coughs> Well, actually, there is a little bit of depth to this album or this song. Uh, the lyrics sort of reference like the the four horsemen of the apocalypse. You know, the dog days are over. Yeah. Um, can't you hear the horses coming? I messed mess that lyric up, but it's something along those lines. But yeah. No, that's. I'm, I'm actually thinking that's what the lyric is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Can't you hear the horses? Because here they come. Yeah, yeah. And it's the four horses of <laughs> that's the apocalypse. What, that's here they come. Yeah, so it's it's kind of dark if you think about the lyrics too much, but uh, for the yeah, most part, that's a, yeah. So, that's a track. Uh, so I mean, it's probably the most popular song just because I think I put a lot of relatively obscure songs on here. But um, I mean, the the people who have heard it could probably testify that it's it's got just a ton of energy at the very least. Even if you don't like it, it's it's very energetic and driving, and I appreciate I think that it. everybody would like that song. It's really, I mean, it's. It's probably got the highest approval rating of any song on my list. So Yeah, damn it, I forgot that song. <laughs> Not to spoil my list, but uh, I forgot that song. Yeah. Oh man. That's another thing. Like I those are I you I missed the songs like that, but I don't regret 
Whatever. I can see the people typing behind the keyboard now. Whoa, Patrick, you're an idiot. You forgot Florence and the Machine on your list. Yeah, right. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right. So yeah, that's my, that's my number six. Okay. Great track. Uh, didn't have it on my list for good reasons. <laughs> Very good reasons. Uh, <laughs> Uh, okay, my number six is Good Morning by Kanye West. Again, I got two Kanye songs on I here. figured this would make it, so I'm, uh, I'm glad I it did. I on here as a lock. This is my favorite Kanye intro. Nice. Um, I think it's a lot of people's favorite Kanye intro, uh, too. Don't sleep on Wake Up Mr. West. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I see you again. I see you again. Oh, I see you again. <laughs> I, well, I thought about uh, We Don't Care, too, but like... Oh, yeah. You know, the, since we're doing strictly track number one, yes, it doesn't apply. Right. Same thing with, like, New York State of Mind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that would uh, been, yeah. But, so anyway, but Good Morning on Kanye's graduation album uh, is, in my opinion, his best intro track he's done. Mm. It's just, it's super catchy. Uh, with the with the, just the way that it comes in with the boom boom the boom boom the beat is really really good, um, the the vocals that he does on the so catchy, um, but at the same time it's not completely poppy and not really even a radio song I wouldn't say uh, right, um, it's just a really well done groovy kind of track and. Um, you know, again, in context with the rest of the album, this one, I remember um, this was the first Kanye album I actually ever bought. Hmm. Oh, and, yeah, me uh, too, probably. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I, it, uh, that was the one that I knew because I knew Flashing Lights already. Yeah. And I knew, uh, you know, Can't Tell Me Nothing and stuff because and Good Life because that album had all the hits. That's why I bought it. We were freshmen in high school. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah that's that's the reason why I bought it first. So. Um, but anyway, uh, what was I saying? Yeah. I remember when I first bought it though, you know, again, it was one of those tracks that like the intro stood out to me more than anything else on the rest of the album. I love that album too. Right. But this track was just like, you know, it, the way that it starts off just gets you like, okay, you know, like you're just, you're ready to go now. You're ready to listen to that album as a whole. Um, so it, it just, uh, again, really catchy, really kind of clever lyricism throughout. Um, not Kanye's best, but they're really, I mean, they're, they're pretty clever lyrics. Um, and then, man, it just feels good. And, so. then, and then sort of unrelated, but beautiful music video. Awesome music video. Yeah, it's got. That. I love that music video. The animated bear uh, waking up and yeah, oh. and that's the whole point yeah. of the intro. Like, good morning, like welcome yeah, to the yeah. album. Wake up, Mr. West. Yeah. I love how how much he references the wake up, Mr. West too. So good. Off topic, also, but yeah, no. Good morning is just. It's just I don't know. I don't. I don't even because musically speaking, it shouldn't be the best intro track for him. Right. But to me, any time that I hear that in context with the with the with the graduation as opposed to like Dark Fantasy or Ultra Light Beam or On Sight <laughs> <laughs> in context with the rest of the album, I always prefer uh Good Morning. 
because it's the way that it sets up for everything is just absolutely perfect. It doesn't demand a whole lot out of you. It's just there and it's good and it's and it just gets you ready to listen to the rest of the album. Um, yeah. So, you know, yeah, it's just a really great track. I think that I think that everybody could like this this track too. The flows are really good, so yeah, didn't make my list, but definitely a really good song. Um, but but now we're getting ready for our top five. We're top, on top five. five top five. Top five. Top five. <laughs> okay, so that's not on my list. Oh yeah, no, no uh, I don't have Drake on here at all, so that's a spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> Little Yachty might make it though. Stay tuned. Um, okay. <laughs> so okay, number five. Uh, it's another song where it's the first song on the debut album, and a popular belief is that this band peaked with this song. The group, Bell and Sebastian, the album is Tiger Milk, the song is The State I'm In. Okay. And my favorite aspects of this song is the way that the instrumentation slowly builds throughout this track. Like, the, the uh, um, excuse me, the instrumentation doesn't reach its full climax until about two and a half to three minutes in. And even then, when it reaches a climax, it's not overly aggressive. I mean, for anybody who knows Bell and Sebastian, there's no way it's remotely aggressive at all. Like, a climax for them is like the sonic equivalent of like a bunny sprinting through a forest. I mean, it's the most gentle and soft, sweet music imaginable. Right. Um, but lyrically, I really like this song, too. It's excellent storytelling. Um, the lyrics are sometimes religious, mostly poetic, um, and completely centered around someone trying to understand the concept of love. Again, very indie and very Bell and Sebastian-esque. Um, but yeah, it takes us into the mind of this guy who's his relationships with his family aren't really working out because he doesn't have like a partner. And then he tries to uh, discuss these feelings with a priest, but that kind of gets lost in translation too. But yeah, it's just this excellent story told over blissful guitar tones. Um, and yeah, just an overall gentle, pleasing sound. Uh, I think it's pretty distinct in their discography. So even if you've heard Bell and Sebastian in the past, and maybe you haven't, but if you haven't, you should. But this song is so different than the rest of their material, in my opinion, that even if you don't like their other stuff, there's a good chance you would like this song. Right. It's not my favorite Bell and Sebastian song of all time, but it's top three or top five. Uh, it's, it's incredible. Uh, the only obstacle I would say is uh, Stuart Murdoch's voice is very, very soft. It is. Oh. He, he relies a lot on like falsetto, kind of like Sufjan, but Sufjan is a better singer. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's my number five. I like that. Yeah. We're getting a diverse list going. I think I yeah. like this. Sure. I didn't put any bells bell and Sebastian on here either. Yeah. I expected more overlap in our list, but maybe that comes later. I'm not sure. Yeah. We're having pretty well, pretty, pretty good variety here. Cause yeah. my number five is ladies and gentlemen, we are floating in space. Nice. Spiritualized. From, yeah. From spiritualized album of the same name um space rocky kind of album um obviously by the by the title track of it 
Um, and this track is the standout track again for me. Agreed. From this album, I think that most people think the same way. Um, the the track itself is um, it incorporates one of Elvis Presley's songs called "Can't Help Falling in Love." Mm. The main melody, uh, the uh, main chorus line uh, behind that track is kind of weaved in and out throughout the track and it's the slow build-up again like what you were talking about with the bell and sebastian hmm. uh, it, but this one it's a slow build-up um from these very minimal uh vocals um that that just it, it, are are accompanied by an all of a sudden kind of kind of crash and a choir and and these strings that just keep fly, flowing in and out of here, and a um, and another vocal line that comes that comes um, co- that comes on top of him with uh, all I want in life is a little bit of love to take the pain away. Mm. Um, kind of a really simple, just kind of heartbreaking kind of a line. Um, but man, it's just a beautiful. And very, very unique kind of track. Um, Even unique for that album. I don't mean to interject. Yeah, no, it is unique for that album. Because the rest of the album, uh, second track, Come Together, is is very punky, kind of. Yeah. It's not really punky. It's just, it's a little more hard rocky. And then the rest of the album is, it it has a lot of strings and uh, very cinematic and stuff. But this track has... It's very, very spacey, mm-hmm. um, but it's also pretty cinematic too. Um, but yeah, you're right. It it, it it fits perfectly as the intro track. But it, again, it's 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 pretty different or unique from even the rest of the album. Um, but yeah, it's it's a, just a really standout kind of track and. Um, Man, just it—it's—it's it's so cinematic and and beautiful that um, you know, as an as an introductory track, it's just—I don't know—it it sets up for the rest of the album perfectly. And and space rock uh, is this sort of niche genre, but yeah. when you listen to it, that's exactly what pops in your head. Like, oh, this is kind of spacey, but it's rock. Yeah, yeah, it's not quite psychedelia, right. but. It has a little bit of influence thrown into there too. Um, it's just really, I, I don't know. It's just really unique and 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 worth a listen because it stuck out to me very immediately. Mm. It's one of those tracks that after you get done listening to, you're like, okay, wow, that was <laughs> a really interesting track, you know. And I. And before we move on, I can't believe I didn't put two and two together on that uh, that Elvis Presley interpolation. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that whenever uh, I, I didn't know I noticed it the first listen, but I didn't notice it until the end because I I was like I think I know that melody, and I was okay. like maybe I've heard this song before, huh. but I was like no, I've definitely not heard this song before. And then you know it clicked. I'm like oh, that's that Elvis Presley song. Okay. Uh, Huh. So, but I've yeah, I've heard that song a lot. Yeah. Uh, Either way, great track. It's pretty under the radar, uh, relatively speaking, but very uh, recognized as a great song within, I guess, the indie community. So, 
Oh yeah. yeah, that album that album has insane ratings. Yeah, it's like a borderline essential. Um, yeah, my number four is our first repeat, albeit it was one of your honorable mentions. Um, Bridge over troubled water, Simon oh, Garfunkel. Beautiful. It's I mean it's 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 simple when you compare it to modern music because everything sounds a little dated, especially like nineteen sixties music. Right. But at the time. If you're just framing it in the context of like 1960s music, the melody on this thing is just gorgeous. Yeah. It's frequently cited as one of the greatest songs of all time. The single has sold, I think, six million copies for good reason. Um, but yeah, I mean, you've, you've discussed a good portion of this track. It's this piano ballad. And not that you mentioned our Garfunkel, and he's great on it too, but Paul Simon was my main takeaway. Uh, he has a stellar vocal performance on this. Uh, soft and pleasant vocals, again, kind of like, uh, like my last song, uh, but these end up becoming more powerful as the song goes. The yeah. last chorus gives me chills. That Sail on Silver uh, Girl verse is yeah. just, I mean, stunning. Yeah. Um, it's it's really fun to sing along to. I know that's kind of a weird criterion, but uh, what can I say? I mean, it's I listen to it more because I like singing along with it. Uh, yeah, yeah, and it's it's hard to sing along with. I mean, Paul Simon toward the end especially gets to these higher registers, especially when those strings kick in at the end. It's just a really, I mean, it's an undeniable. I guess you could call it folk, or but more like I guess singer songwriter. Um, but yeah. yeah, it's it's a classic. Simon Garfunkel, uh, gotta love it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the way that Art Garfunkel sings on that track, man, just he's got such a high, just a high set, beautiful angelic voice. Yeah, underrated. Man. Yeah, that that out that that very well could go into my top ten too. You know, I love that track, but right now I don't have it in there, so it's okay. my. It's my it's my honorable mention. So, so for technically, all of, we for, don't have a repeat yet. Technically, yeah, yeah. Okay. For all purposes, that's yeah. still my yeah. All so right. any, good choice though. Yeah. All right, my number four is "Intro" by the XX. Nice on their album XX. Uh, I've always loved this song, especially as an intro. This is probably the most intro track. <laughs> yes, that makes sense. I totally like it. It's just like a mostly like, instrumental short song. Yeah, yeah. It's all instrumental. Yeah, short, pretty short, isn't it? Two and a half minutes, I think. Yeah, something like that, if that, you know. Yeah, very, uh, very kind of minimal. I mean, that's how XXR too. Very minimal production. Uh, but man, oh, I love this track so much. What a cool, cool way to just to enter an album, and. Uh, Again, as it as far as like intro intro tracks go, this is one of the best you know I've ever heard. Mm. Um, as far as like you know, because most of the songs we've been talking about are songs, right? Like you know, like real tracks. Yes, you know that you wouldn't necessarily have just pop up or that if you had them pop up on your shuffle. I mean. You wouldn't even think about, oh yeah, the intro track, like Simon and Garfunkel, that, right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. These are real songs that could be played really in any context, but this song is pretty much strictly just 
an intro track for the rest of the album and you want to talk about setting up for the album yeah this song has the entire sound of this album in it um in 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 a, in a two and a half minute encapsulated form so i mean there's not a whole lot to say about that there's a lot it's very dark production if you've ever listened to the xx you know exactly what it's going to sound like um dark production minimalist kind of style but no no vocals there's like background vocals you know but no lyrics um just a really awesome cool track and the best um or not the best sorry one of the best um just like intro intro yes. track intro that, is the perfect name for it because yeah i keep on saying that and i feel like an idiot whenever i'm saying <laughs> it's just actually an intro no. yeah <laughs> no. none of these talks none of these we've been punking you guys this whole yeah. time no talks or intros but yeah it, it's <laughs> its main job is to set the scene for the rest of the album not exactly. Just provide a good song that happens yeah. to be number one on the track. Yeah, I list. think that it does absolutely a perfect job of setting up for the rest of the album. Agreed. Did make uh, my list, but agreed. Um, yeah, love that song. Oh shoot, we've been all right. We've been talking an hour, but we only got three more each. So let's do it. Let's go uh, top three <laughs> from one essential indie intro to another. Um, an artist that you already discussed, albeit again in the honorable mentions, uh, Arcade Fire. Yet another first song off the debut album, Neighborhood Number One Tunnels. From I knew you were going to pick that. This was, okay, so the top three were the three that were guaranteed locks. Like, I didn't even have to think. These are in my top ten favorite yeah. intros. Right, yeah. So, yeah, uh, Funeral's my favorite Arcade Fire album. Um, but, yeah, this song especially, it's got these strong piano chords. Uh, it's got these, I mean, and not just piano chords, but these rattling pianos toward the end of the choruses here. I think that's pretty neat. Wynn Butler has the vocal passion of Bruce Springsteen, like a modern Bruce Springsteen, just wailing over these, uh, pianos and strings. It's just, it's well arranged. It's well composed. Um, I think the song's pretty immediate, but I think a, a good target audience would be people who understand like music theory or that can just appreciate everything that's going on within this song. Um, it's, again, there is so much going on because Arcade Fire as a full band is really like 20 plus members if you want to include everybody that plays the strings yeah. and all of that. Yeah. And all of that comes together on here to have this energetic, driving, passionate intro. Uh, it's dynamic. This song really speaks for itself, I think. I mean, once you listen to it, it's, it's pretty undeniable. But yeah, it, it's not necessarily a song that I think would like set the tone for the rest of the album, but it grabs your attention, which is another important job of an intro. Right. Um, so yeah, yeah uh, I guess you prefer the Suburbs intro. Very good intro. Uh, but I yeah. happen to find this, th- this is, I guess, a more passionate song, and I guess I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can definitely understand why you would pick that. Especially since Funeral is your favorite album too. Yeah, by Arcade uh, Fire. Yeah, just to yeah, play I love. I do love that song a lot. Um, I just typically, I don't know. Maybe I just don't listen to that album as a whole enough. So, but man, yeah, that's a great song. Then I'll dig a tunnel. Yeah, 
I'm going. Oh, God. All right. All right. <laughs> I can go on to mine. Number, my number three uh. is Dance Yourself Clean doom, doom, LCD Sound System doom, doom. from the album This Is Happening. I'm dancing to it and I'm not even listening. It is so good. It's pretty damn good. Man. Okay. So I mentioned how In the Flowers is one of these quiet, subdued tracks for half of the song and then, you know, comes in all of a sudden with a massive drop in instrumentation, right? Yes. To take that and multiply it (laughs) by about 3,000 because, my Lord, I've never heard anybody do it like this kind of a track. It's just, I still remember the very first time I heard you know, it has a solid, what, three and a half minutes of just, you know, minimal drumming. Do, 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 uh, do, do, yeah. yeah. Do, do. And then uh, just the, you know, classic James Murphy lyrics and and very quiet, you know, t- sing t- uh, like talky kind of singing. Yeah. Um, these these these, you know, pretty nice background vocals that are harmonizing and while you're listening to it there's about three and a half minutes of so and you're like oh this is solid you know it's a good intro it's not amazing or anything but then all of a sudden throughout like after three and a half minutes of this comes this just giant drum kick and the synth drop it's just absolute it's seriously i hate to use the word mind-blowing yeah because it it's it's that's like you know you nerding out on something but this is just that's a mind-blowing moment uh on a track and and then james murphy comes in with these just powerful just vocals and stuff just screaming basically and man it just the energy shifts 180 and it's you know, it, it's one of the most impassioned and interesting songs I've ever heard. Um, and man, what a way to kick off an album. It's just, and, and again, in context with the rest of the album, uh, just a great way to, to segue through uh, to this album, which was a very highly anticipated album in the indie world. At that point, I had, I had this was the first LCD uh album i had heard so i didn't really know but nonetheless just man i i was i was definitely ready to listen to the rest of the album after this song kicked in i uh, it's just it it leaves you breathless basically the first time that you hear it it's just it's fantastic i uh i bought the cd and then as i was driving home that drop kicked in and I almost got in a wreck. Just yeah, I was in the same <laughs> position. I was driving. I was on the interstate. Yeah, and I was just like, "Oh, nice!" And then pleasant. Blah, 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 blah. I was like, "Oh, <laughs> yep, great song." Although I will say, and this is like in the flowers by Anko as well. Um, neither made my list. They were considered, but they ultimately didn't make the list because I have this sort of weird. As great as the drops are, this drop is kind of like a, a love hate relationship with me. Like, I don't know. Yeah, because like, because you, you expect it coming. Yeah, I mean, the first time is un- unbelievable, and then just kind of like, well, when you think of the song, and not that the rest of the song is bad, but you're waiting for like the that second where it drops or whatever. I could understand that for sure. But yeah, great songs. Uh, but yeah, that's just a 
the reason they're not on my list because I definitely thought about them. I mean, I could understand that for sure. For me, um, it's not as much that it spoils it. Is that like every time I hear it now, I have so much appreciation for it. Yeah. Um, you know, like I could understand, like it's the luster. It definitely wears off the, the initial shock value of it wears off pretty, pretty fast because you expect it coming. But you remember where you were for that first time. Well, yeah. And then it's just like, and then it's just an appreciation for it as a track as a whole. And, um, and I still have immense amounts of appreciation for this track. I think it's amazing. Oh yeah. Probably would be in my top 25 if we went that far, but we didn't. So, okay. Oh, well, um, number two, and I'll preface this with a text I had with a friend of the podcast guest on our, the life of Pablo album review podcast, Ben Matthews. And I told him we were doing a podcast about our 10 favorite album intros. And he said, if blank isn't on there, I'm going to fuck you up. (laughs) So Ben, if you're listening, you don't have to do that because this intro was such an obvious pick. I think I know what it is. You, and I hope it's in your top two. If it's not, that's okay. I guess I can look past it. Maybe we can still be friends, but number two common. Yep. Album is B. B. The, the song is also B. Mine is number two, so we can just do this oh, together. Oh, you're, you're number two also. Okay, so yeah, so I'll, I don't have much, so I'll just kind of bounce off. But to me, this is my favorite Kanye West-produced beat. Um, and I know that might be unpopular, but the bass line is your first, you know, the first thing that comes in. The doom, doom, mm-hmm. doom. And then the bass kind of speeds up a little bit into something soulful. And boom, then boom, 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 boom. Yeah. And then on top of that, you get the synth. Doo, 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 doo. And then the piano comes in. Doo, 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 doo. And then the strings, yeah. which is, I mean, the, the strings come in and you're just kind of floored by how beautiful like a hip hop production tape. can sound. Yeah. And it's yeah. just da, 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 da. Like it's the, like the happiest, most uplifting, empowering thing in the world. Yeah. Um, and the verse from Common, it's only one verse. It's, a, it's like a two and a half minute song. But the, the verse is just pure poetry, pure introspection, classic Common. Uh, my takeout lyric is Waiting for the Lord to rise, I look into my daughter's eyes and realize I'm going to learn through her. The Messiah might even return through her. If I'm going to do it, I got to change the world through her. So just classic positivity and uh, uplifting spiritual. Yeah. lyricism from common here over the most fitting production that this track could possibly go over um yeah amazing album uh this intro was the first intro i thought of when i we figured out we were doing this list same here yeah i mean that's just a uh, if you haven't heard it do it if you're a fan of any type of hip-hop at all or even if you're not just listen to this song it's only two minutes if you hate it so but this song was an easy lock um my favorite Kanye beat personally, but yeah, your thoughts. Yeah. Same thing. I mean, like so uplifting the beat is itself. It's got those staple Kanye strings that are, like you said, just absolutely flooring. They're so beautiful. Mm-hmm. I miss those Kanye strings. Miss the old Kanye. Miss the old Kanye strings. <laughs> um, but yeah, just a absolutely great. And what a reflection of the culture yeah. Um, just put into the short little intro track here too. It's so self-reflective and, 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 but so uplift. And that's what Common's whole thing is too. He's so reflective of yes. 
this this counterculture in the black community and everything and in the hip hop world um, uh, because he's he's come from it and but he's so inspiring and uplifting yes that you know he's he's like a preacher basically um, he's 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 just a great voice to listen to um, great message throughout this track um, one of my favorite lines it's it, it's it's the very very end yes I agree the explored the world to return to where my soul begun never looking back or too far in front of me the present is a gift and I just want to be I love that and it just fades think, out yeah I think that it's yeah and then it just fades out with this beautiful piano that just goes up um, yeah that Man, I'm glad that that's your number two. Oh, yeah. Easy. I, I knew that you were going to put it on there. And uh, like you said, this was like the first track that I thought of. You want to talk about intro tracks, like yes. what I was saying? Like, this is it. You know, it's not my number one. You'll understand why my number one yeah. is my number one. Okay. Um, but, you know, it is just, it's it's one of the greatest intro songs I've ever heard. Especially in the hip-hop world, too. To me, I think this would be my number one if it was a little longer. I, I like longer songs, admittedly. Like, most of my favorite songs of all time are uh, longer. Especially yeah, longer than, like, two and a half minutes. But that said, the al- and it's, it sets the tone for the album. The album as a whole exactly. is, yeah. is common, not only, like, being proud of being from Chicago, but acknowledging everything that's wrong with Chicago at the same time. And all the rappers that have come from chicago or all the notable ones the kanye's the chances the lupe's yeah common is the the forefather of the chicago positivity movement and hip-hop the the soul sound that you associate with chicago you can thank common for that and i love it's it's my favorite common album and it might be my favorite common song but it's the fact that we now finally have a duplicate on our list and we both put it at number two says something about this song seriously that's amazing it's, yeah so thank, I, yeah. I would say if you're going to listen to any song yes out of this list listen to b i agree you know don't listen to either one of our number ones i would say if you're going to listen to, there's a reason that both of us put it at number two and both of us picked it as our only tr- repeated track so far ooh, so far ooh, yeah ooh, so yeah. far yeah. Yeah, well i mean uh, no i know for a fact that yeah yeah, yeah. okay yeah, but yeah, man, what a great track! So that's All right, let's do our number one. Yeah, that, we're probably running pretty long here, aren't we? We're at a minute or a minute. We're at a minute. We're at, <laughs> we're, at we're on Narnia time. Yeah, we're at an hour fourteen or so. Uh, but I mean, we're we're almost wrapping up. So uh, we just have one more song. My number one. It's another duplicate, and uh, it's a song that it's it's a great song, and you know it's a great song, and I know it's a great song, but. I don't really talk about this song that much, either in casual conversation or on this podcast, so this may be surprising to some people. Okay. Um, and when I, I texted I texted another friend of the podcast, Cody Cox, that I was doing this list, or that we were doing this list, sorry, and that uh, the, first, the first thing he said was, this song better be on there. It's like, this, this has to be on here. And it is. It's my number one. Sonic Youth. Teenage Riot is the song right. from Dave. Uh, yes. It's, it's just, oh my God. It's seven minutes, so like I said, I prefer longer songs. Right. Um, and 
you nailed everything you said about Sonic Youth, right? So they come from this late 80s, early 90s period in like indie music where it's rough around the edges, um, but it's, it's alternative, but it's very cool. And Sonic Youth epitomizes coolness on that's, this. That's the word right there. Yeah, it is so... It's, I mean, it's cool. It's, you picture cool... And like it's old school cool. Yeah, like, yeah. Ripped up jeans, leather jackets, white t shirt, and cigarettes. They, yeah, they remind me of like the main characters in Pulp Fiction. It's, yeah. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, so it's a seven minute song. The first minute and a half is kind of this peaceful, well toned guitar intro. Um, but once it kicks in, it transitions into this upbeat jam with this memorable guitar riff. It's like, down, 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 down. And that's the thing about the song is deceptively simple, but then you listen to it and it's like, wow, I, not a lot of guitarists could play that riff that way. Or especially my favorite aspect of the song, the drums are absolutely insane on this thing. Uh A ton of fills laced in with this already fast pace. I'm surprised this guy can like keep this up for seven minutes or, you know, however long it is. Um, but yeah, Thurston Moore, the, uh, the, the male, the lead male singer of the group comes in with this slacker vocal tone. You know, it, 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 it prioritizes this cool aesthetic over, um, you know, actually hitting the note or hitting a perfect pitch. Um, is it who's taking blame for the stormy weather? Like, right. it's, it's just so cool. Um, but it fits so well over this instrumentation. It's, uh, it's kind of got a little bit of noise rock element to it, um, but definitely like in the same sort of atmosphere as like the Pixies or Pavement or like even some shoegaze bands like My Bloody Valentine. Um, but uh, my favorite aspect of this song is like the last half, which is just this instrumental, I wouldn't say solo, but more of just like an instrumental breakdown where everybody's just going insane. You've got these fuzzy guitar solos that are just buzzing uh, more insane drum fills that are just uh, all over the place, but still sound coherent. Right. Um, but really, at the end of the day, it's just this track is like mesmerizing to me. It's one of the only like seven minute tracks that, if it comes on my shuffle, I won't skip it. Um, yeah, that's a good point too. If any time it comes up on mine, I, I I listen to it. And I'm surprised you like the song about as much as I do. I mean, it's I didn't expect it to be on your list, to be honest. Yeah, so. I I love this track, and yeah, like because I kind of surprised myself with the way I was writing this too, because like I I took into account too the amount of times like what you just said how often or how how likely i am to skip a track yeah it comes up on like my shuffle or something like that and uh this is one of those that i very very rarely will skip right the only way i wouldn't is if i didn't have like seven minutes on my drive or whatever yeah uh, exactly but yeah Yeah. i mean it's it's a damn near perfect song uh i don't rate songs 10 out of 10 that often but this would be one of them uh, it's one of my favorite songs ever, and it's my number one favorite album intro. So, nice. so there you go. That's my list. Oh. Crumple up the paper. <laughs> yeah. Crumple up the paper and pitch it. Uh, your number one. Uh, my number one is another repeat, but it was in your honorable mention. Mm. Uh, everything in in its right place. There you go. On Radiohead's my favorite album by Radiohead, Kid A. And everything in its right place is 
the most hypnotic and absolutely enthralling song. It's just it in the way it starts off with those with those four notes on that on that synthesizer and that tone. Um, you know, it's another one of those I'll you know I'll never forget mm. hearing that come on when I popped the CD in right after I had bought it. Um, and man, it's just. Everything is just it, it swirls around and it's and the and the vocals are just warped and mysterious and dark and heavy and everything is just kind of an enigma and it's and, 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 and in context again with the rest of the album, this holds almost the entire sound of the album because it's very just different and unique and dark and and, and kind of uh, of another world, which is the whole concept behind Kid A, uh, kind of glitchy and 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 spacey also, um, and it's just uh, it it's there's so many emotions for me that I can feel whenever I'm listening to everything in its right place. You know, it's peaceful, but it's also very haunting and it's you know it's mysterious and and kind of complicated but at the same time it's very simple instrumentation and um and vocal lines and stuff thrown into it they're all just looped kind of chaotically uh and the and the and the lyrics are pretty mysterious too very abstract yes um yeah and it's just it it very well could be the most interesting song you know that that I that I know um, for me at least and, and and it's definitely one of the most meaningful songs for me um, and any time that I mean it's just absolutely astonishing how perfect it is to kick off the album kid a. For me, I mean, it, it's just absolutely perfect. I, I, there's nothing else they could have done to this track that would have made it better to kick off an album like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, so I don't, I don't really know what else to say about this track. It's just, it's just so great. I love this. I love everything in its right place. It's probably my favorite Radiohead song. Nice. Okay. Honestly. Every time I hear it, I'm just uh, I'm I still am just like wow, you know. And I've heard it so many times. Uh, um, I love it. I mean, and, and it's another. It's about three minutes long. So yeah, and about and, about normal song length, but it's it's a little short. So, but Kid A as a whole is kind of short. I think my favorite thing about this song is the stark contrast right off the bat from Radiohead's previous work. Actually, no, it's four minutes and 11 seconds. Oh, really? And, well, yeah. shoot, it doesn't even feel like that, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, the the just immediate, like, whoa. Those four notes. Oh, my God, it's just so beautiful. And then, yeah, yeah, serene is the word that came to mind, but uh, one might say that uh, everything was in its right place here. <laughs> God damn it. In the in the podcast now on that. Uh, okay, well, I hope you guys like the list. 
Um, Hope you like that pun. Yeah. Oh, you, oh, I know they like the pun. Um, but yeah, uh, we're going to make playlists of these uh, on Spotify, Apple Music, not Tidal. Um, but yeah, I'm glad we did this list. It was a lot of fun. It was really yeah, that was difficult. Fun. That was interesting. Tell us why we were right. Tell us why we were dumb for not even mentioning a Beatles song. Uh, yeah. Send, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> send all your hate email through Facebook DMs to either one of us. We'll be glad to. And here's the other thing. There's a good chance we haven't even heard the song you're thinking of. But yeah. we did our best. We listened to what we would consider to be a, a, a decent amount of music. And uh, we tried our best. And, you know, I'm, I'm proud with the choices I made. And I'm sure you are, too. Yeah, um, kind of upset about that dog day. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> it's all right. We'll, but we'll, I like my list. We'll have to we'll have to tweet out an edit to the podcast when Patrick figures out where he wants dog days are over. Um, no, I don't want it on here. I didn't put it on there. I don't want it on there. That is that is pride at its finest. All right. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, sorry this one was long, but we had fun. Hope you guys did too. And uh, see you later.